My name is Amos. I'm a, a sheep herder from Tekoya, a fig farmer. But God called me to be a, a prophet of God. So he sent me from the south up here to Bethel in the north to deliver a message from the Lord. I guess God assumed that I'm good at bringing sheep back into the fold. God gave me a series of visions, sermons, and poems that I inscribed in the scroll. You see, God is a lion who roars from Judah, and he longs to be your faithful friend, roaring at your side, fighting for you. But my people have become his prey. They have chosen to sink their teeth into the dead carcasses of the land of greed and self-centeredness and injustice. And rather than finding the lion as a faithful friend, they have, they have become his prey. The word of the Lord came to me and said, The lion of Judah roars from Judah. His voice can be heard from Zion. And the pastures, of the shepherds mourn. Mount Carmel withers. I wrote those words two years before the earthquake. But my people did not hear the warning. No, they were too busy pointing their fingers and shaking their fingers at the nations around them to see their own reflection. I began by delivering God's God's consequences of judgment on the nations around them and how they enjoyed that. I said to Damascus, for three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you. For you have threshed Gilead with instruments of iron. And God will not withhold punishment for what you've done. For you will reap what you've sown. He's going to send fire. He's going to burn down all those palaces that you built by exploiting others. For three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you, Gaza. For you, you put people into slavery. You, you took people into captivity simply so you could prosper. You, you, you took them into captivity for Edom. Can the lion look away? No, you. You're going to end up reaping what you've sown. He's going to send fire. And he's going to burn down these palaces that you built on the backs of others you enslaved. For three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you, Tyre. For you took those taken into slavery and you sold them off to Edom. You did not keep your covenant 
with your brothers. Your yes doesn't mean yes, and your no doesn't mean no. You're not faithful in the little things, and these things matter to God. And because you have not kept your covenant over time with your brethren, you're going to reap what you've sown where God is not going to keep his covenant. He's not going to continue to protect you when you've rejected him. And God's going to send fire. He's going to burn down these palaces that you built by breaking your covenant and enslaving your brethren. No, Edom, for three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you, for you've chased your brother with the sword. You've shown him no pity. You've torn him apart with your anger, and you've kept your wrath forever. How could you not have shown mercy to your enemies and grace and forgiveness? For your God has nothing but poured upon you grace after grace after forgiveness after pity. God wants you to do unto your enemies how he has done unto you to extend mercy to them and not to withhold anger and vengeance forever. But you have. And if you do not change, you're going to reap what you've sown and God's going to send fire. And he's going to burn down those palaces that you built by chasing and torturing those around you. For three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you, Ammon. What have you done? Ammon, you have... You have torn open the wombs of women. Simply to enlarge your territory? Oh Lord, can the fire burn hot enough for what they've done? God will burn down your palaces. You have built them on the backs of destroying those who had no voice. The lion roars on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves. God will not withhold punishment. To you, Moab, for three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you. For you have burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. Yes, he was your enemy, but these are people made in God's image. They are not to be treated as trash, to be burnt. For everyone is made in God's image, even those you consider your enemy, and you burned him to lime. And you will reap what you've sown. If you burn by fire, and you will reap by fire. And God will burn down the palaces that you built on the backs of destroying the king of Edom. I finished reading that sermon that day and the people began to applaud, to cheer, 
to celebrate. That I had brought judgment on the neighboring nations that they hated so much. No, these are warnings for you. But they were so busy wagging their finger at the surrounding nations, they, they couldn't see their own reflection. For three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you, Judah. For you have despised his covenant. You have, you have not followed his commandments. You have broken his precepts. And you are, you are not immune from reaping what you've sown, for you too will reap by fire. And God will burn down the palaces that you built on the backs of others, O oh, Judah. Return to him. Oh, Israel. Israel, for three transgressions, even four, the Lord has this against you. For you, for God will not withhold punishment. You, you sold a righteous man for silver. You sold the poor so you could have a new pair of sandals. Sandals! You pant after the dust of the earth more, more, more. It's dust. And you sleep on the, the, the clothes of the, the pledges taken from the poor, the coat they need tonight, you sleep on like it's a mattress. And the lion roars that you have Used people and love things. He will send fire. And he's going to burn down these palaces that you built on the backs of others. If you do not return to him. The clapping stopped. The cheering stopped. It was just silence. But see, God doesn't want to send fire on anyone. God doesn't want to destroy anyone's palaces. These were warnings that, that if my people would stop sinking their teeth into the dead carcasses of greed and self-centeredness and exploiting other people, if they would begin to love God the way they loved others and vice versa, they would find him to be the lion roaring, fighting on their behalf. But they had to hear the warnings and turn from them. Take their teeth out of the carcasses of, of sin and transgression they'd hung around their necks. For this lion of Judah had made a way to separate us from our sins, but they wouldn't listen. How can two people walk together unless they agree on the way? A, a, a lion doesn't roar from the forest unless he's caught something. A bird doesn't fall from the air unless it's caught in a trap. And a spring doesn't, doesn't jump from the ground unless something stepped into it. 
You don't hear a trumpet sound that an enemy is coming and the people are not afraid and change their ways. Right? And yet, the lion is roaring from the cave to warn us of what's coming. He's roaring on our behalf and you are not afraid. You're not changing. You're not hearing the warnings. You're not turning back to him. No, you've got your teeth sunk into the sins and transgressions of these dead carcasses and I feel like a shepherd trying to pull you out of the mouth of the lion and you will not let go and I only hope that maybe, maybe I can get two hind legs and uh, maybe a left ear, a remnant. those that would find the forgiveness of God and turn away from these, these dead carcasses you've wrapped around you. Hear the warnings. There's still time. Hear the warnings. Use the way he is made to get free from your transgressions. And hear him roar on your behalf. I tell you this, he will bring punishment upon transgressions. He will destroy this temple at Bethel and break off the horns of the altar. He'll destroy your winter homes and your summer homes made of ivory. And these great homes that you love so much, they're going to be no more. But if you hear the roar of the lion, and you see that you've already stepped in the trap, and you see that the the, the trumpet is sounding, that there's something dangerous coming, and you return to him. Will you return to him? Will you come back to him? Will you find him to be your faithful friend? He is lavish with love and lavish with mercy. Just return to him, and you will find him. The Lion of Judah. You cows of Bashan, you engorge yourselves by oppressing the poor. You wives turn to your husbands with your glass of wine and say, make more money so we can feast, even if they're oppressing the poor? Now I tell you this, You're going to be taken away by fish hooks. And taken through broken walls for what you've done. God has already held back the rain to give you warning to turn to Him. And yet, you have not returned to Him. He blasted you with mildew, mildew. And you have not returned to him. Come on. (laughs) Seek of the Lord 
and live. Don't seek him at Bethel. No, no, seek the Lord and live. Love what is good. Hate what is evil. And you will find that this, uh, this Lord of hosts, this God of angel armies, he'll be with you. Fighting for you. Roaring for you. If you return to him. The worship at Bethel. (laughs) The Lord says, I hate, hate your worship services. I despise your feast offerings. It's all religious show and no heart. It's going through the motions of ritual, and yet how can you say you love me when you treat people made in my image the way you do? You cannot love God and hate others. No, I do not savor your sacred assemblies. I refuse to take your burnt offerings and your grain offerings. No, no. The music that comes from Bethel, I reject and push away your fattened peace offerings. And and may the music just be like a sound that finally comes to an end. For I do not want to hear the melodies of your stringed instruments. No, no, no. No. It is all ritual and no heart. I want you to love me. Love me with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? I am the God who who brought you out of Egypt. Remember? When you were in bondage and there was no way out, I'm the God who rescued you and I found you and I delivered you. Remember? And then, remember remember how I, I faithfully led you for 40 years in the wilderness? Remember? And you remember how I gave you the land of the Amorites? Wells you didn't dig, cities you didn't build. I gave that to you. And then I gave you Nazarites to lead you, those who didn't touch that which is dead, those who didn't cut their hair and didn't drink alcohol. I raised up prophets to warn you and to guide you and to lead you. And what did you do with all of that? You said to the Nazarites, drink some wine. And you said to the prophets, do not prophesy. Come back to me. Remember what I've done for you. It was then that the Lord showed me another vision. It was a vision of things to come. But it was a vision. God sent me a vision of locusts. These locusts came upon the later crops.
And they began to devour all the grass around. And this was after the king's moorings had already come and taken the taxes. This was the last harvest. This was our last chance to have food for the next season, especially with the, with the famine that struck us. We needed this food. And the locusts were just about to devour what was left of our crops. And I fell to my knees and said, oh, Lord, please no. Forgive us, God. Forgive us of our transgressions. For Jacob, he's just small, and he cannot stand. Forgive us. And the Lord said, all right, then it won't be so. It won't be so. And then God gave me a vision of fire. Fire consuming all those nations that he had predicted. The time had run out and fire was coming upon them and upon their their palaces. And again, I said, oh Lord, forgive us, I pray. Forgive us our transgressions. Forgive us for being so lost for so long. For Jacob is is small. And he, he cannot stand. To which... The Lord said, all right, it shall not be. See, the visions of the future are God calling out there's still time to repent. Remember, I wrote these two years before the earthquake with lots of time to turn back to him. Then God showed me another vision. He said, Amos, burden bearer, what do you see? I see a basket of summer fruit. Yes. The last harvest of the last rain from the last crop is here, Amos. And I'm setting this basket of summer fruit in the midst of my people Israel. But hear me. I will not pass by again. This is the last call. This is the last chance for my people to return before I remove my hand of protection from them for they have rejected me. And when that happens, and if that happens, their songs of worship will turn to songs of wailing The dead will be drug out of their cities. And their cities will be silent. For they have despised my feast days because it's a day they cannot make profit. They've despised the Sabbath. Oh, when can we trade to increase our ephah and increase our shekels? For they have exploited the poor with unjust weights for a new pair of sandals and sold bad wheat to those around them. This is the last call. The last harvest and the last chance 
To which I said, oh, Lord, how? How do I help? How do I, I plead with them? How do I help them turn back to you? How, how can I help my people turn before it's too late? And the Lord said, alignment leads to restoration. Alignment leads to restoration. I cannot wait to restore my people. I cannot wait to heal them and repair them and to build them back up again. But they must put themselves back in alignment with me. That when my heart craves after, their heart craves after. That they treat others the way I treat them. That they look at their worship and it's not just motion, it's not just ritual, it's a true affection for me as their God. They align the way they treat others to the way I've commanded them, that they would love others the way I love them. The way they align the spending of their time and spending of their money and treating of others, they've gotta put themselves back in alignment with me. Yes, Lord, how? He showed me another vision. Amos, burden bearer, what do you see? A plumb line? Yes. I am placing a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not pass by again, for they are out of alignment with my word and my heart and my mercy and my character. The cornerstone of their life and the capstone of their decisions, the way in which they act is out of alignment with me. So take this plumb line and allow the people, call the people back in alignment with my word and if so, they can be restored, God said. But if not, their high places will be destroyed and their sanctuaries will be laid waste. But, but I will send a famine upon them, but not a famine of food that they would eat or, or water that they would drink. There will be a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. And in that day, when they hunger and crave after me, in that day, I will raise up the, the tabernacle of David in that day and they will find forgiveness from my Messiah and, and they will return to me and I will raise up that tabernacle and I will repair it and I will restore it like the days of old. No more than that, there's gonna be Gentiles, Gentiles calling my name and they'll call out the mountains drip with wine and the hills flow with it and they will know that I am a God that rescues my people from bondage and I will bring them back to this land and I will plant them back here and I will restore them and they will inhabit cities that have been laying waste and they will rebuild again 
And they are going to eat from gardens that they planted. Beautiful cities and beautiful gardens. And then they will drink from their own vineyards. For my people will be planted in a land that they will not be uprooted from again. And they will find that I am their God. The faithful lion of Judah that roars on their behalf. You see, wherever you're at, whatever you've done, whatever has been done to you, there is a God who longs to rebuild and repair and raise up. And his plan is to give you a vision of who you are made to be. You were designed by God to be his beautiful city on a hill. God wants you to know no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, you are designed to be his beautiful garden. And his beautiful vineyard. Will you return to him? Will you turn back from any area you're out of alignment with him and find his mercy and his grace and his faithfulness? Pray with me. In your own heart, say words like this Lord, I turn from the dead carcasses that I've been clinging to. I want to find you afresh as my faithful friend. I want to know the confidence of you fighting and roaring on my behalf. Forgive me for what I've done. I receive your Messiah into my life. Make me beautiful again. Make me your beautiful garden, a beautiful vineyard, and a beautiful city. In the name of Jehovah, in the name of Yahweh, amen. The last words that God spoke through Amos say, I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. His plan for us, his heart for us, is to make beautiful things. Even out of the chaos, even out of the mistakes, even out of all of these other things that we've heard from the heart of God that he loves us enough to warn us about, still, he sees you as someone made in his image, out of which he wants to make something beautiful. I think that's such a great way to see an overview of the entire book of Amos, because... (laughs) I read it myself all the way through preparing for this series, and if you read one chapter at a time, you start to feel like, where exactly is this going, and how is this going to end up? But when you take it all in, when you read the whole thing, and you begin to see God's heart for you, and the heart he wants you to have for him, that's why we do this verse by verse, that's why we do this chapter by chapter, and so I'd encourage you, come on this journey with us over the next few weeks as we continue to see God's heart through the book of Amos. In fact, as we've been doing this, more and more of you, more and more of us have been coming back to share time, not only online, live, but here in the building. And so we've realized 
we need more space. <laughs> and so we're actually adding a third service so that it's easier for you to come on this journey with us. So starting May 2nd, we will have two equipping services on Sunday mornings and an exploring service on Sunday morning. Equipping at 8.30 and 9.45 and then exploring at 11 o'clock. So I'd encourage you, the only one you have to actually register for is here in the chapel. Everything else, you can just show up because we're trying to make it easier for you to come back together. We know we need this time together. And so I'd encourage you, what is this one? It's, it's 9.15 for this one, right? 8.30 is not that much earlier if you can make that one work. We'll have programs for kids all the way through all of the ages at all of those starting May 2nd, 8.30 and 9.45 for equipping 11 o'clock for exploring, to try to give that sweet spot to our friends and neighbors that we're inviting. Because really why we're here is we're trying to extend the same heart toward one another, toward all of you, and towards our friends and neighbors as God extends to us. So would you come on this journey with us through Amos as we listen for the words of the Lord our God. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.